Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Danny Cunningham and Daryl Ryder with you, filling in for Ken and Anthony right here on 92.3 The Fan. And now we go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, bringing our friend Chris Fedor, covers the Cavs for Cleveland.com, does a great job. Chris, thanks for taking some time with us. You got a guess what's going on? So the Cavs have been on a hot streak. I think it's fair to say they've won 11 of their last 14. They just absolutely roasted the Milwaukee Bucks the other night. Everyone wants to know how sustainable is this? I think it remains to be seen, honestly. I mean, I think the Cavs are wondering the same thing. I think some players are wondering the same thing. And I think some aspects of the way that they have played over the last 14 games, guys, I think it's sustainable, right? They consider themselves a defense-first team. Their defense has risen up the rankings. They are borderline top five in the entire NBA over the course of the season now. Those things can remain. Um, Those principles on the defensive end of the floor can remain. I think the big question comes on the offensive end. Over the last 14 games, they're passing the ball more than any team in the NBA. They're shooting a whole bunch of three-pointers. Um, they're running offense at times through Jared Allen, using him more as a focal point. So the question becomes, when Darius Garland comes back and he's going to get touches and he's going to get shot attempts and he's going to get a high usage, what does that mean for Jared Allen's involvement on the offensive end? And then when Evan Mobley eventually comes back as well, because the Cavs have been using a personnel grouping that caters itself to more three-point shooting, especially with four-shooter lineups, What is that going to mean for the spacing on the floor? What is that going to mean for the shooting on the floor? Because both Jarrett and Evan, obviously, are non-shooting bigs. And stylistically, you have to run offense a different kind of way when both those guys are out there on the floor because Evan Mobley doesn't have the same perimeter skill set as Dean Wade. He doesn't have the same perimeter skill set as George Niang, two other guys that, that occupy the power forward spot um, that have been getting minutes in the absence of Evan. So, honestly, I mean, they believe that they can take pieces of what they have done over these 14 games and blend it together with the style that they would have to play 
when they're playing the two bigs. Um, but it remains to be seen because it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to, to do it and stay committed to it. So you mentioned Darius Garland. You mentioned Evan Mobley. They've both been out for quite a while. At middle of December, I think, is kind of the the when people bookmark this run starting for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Those guys are both going to back, be back sooner than later. Who's going to be more difficult to reintegrate into this? I think it's Evan, honestly. I mean, I just think so much of what the Cavs have done during this stretch, guys, has been about three-point shooting, floor spacing, and involving Jared Allen as an offensive focal point. And those things just weren't happening to the same level when Evan Mobley and Jared Allen were out there sharing the court together. In the first month, month and a half of the season, guys, there was a clear hierarchy of offense. And in terms of touches per game, it was Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Max Struess, um, Karis LeVert, and then Jared Allen was getting the sixth most touches of anybody on this team. He was getting as many touches during that stretch as George Niang, who is, you know, not that involved in the Cavs' offense. So that tells you just that Jared Allen, early on in the season, was basically an offensive afterthought. Since Evan Mobley and Darius Garland have gone out, Jared Allen is third in the offensive pecking order. He's third in total touches per game on this roster behind just Donovan Mitchell and Max Drews. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see the dynamic and if there's going to be somewhat of a shift. Um, And I'm wondering if there's going to be a role reversal in terms of Jared Allen being more of an offensive hub like he has been recently. When Evan Mobley is back, Evan's the one who has to take a step back on the offensive end of the floor because um, the way that Jared is playing and the way that the offense is functioning with his passing, with his playmaking, um, with his scoring ability, um, it's not something that the Cavs can afford to get away from. And the other variable in this whole thing is – how does the court feel? How does the court look? Are there still as many driving lanes? Is it still as open? Is there still as much movement? Because Evan Mobley is not a movement-based four. He's somebody who does most of his damage from the dunker spot. He does most of his damage inside the perimeter. Um, and I think it's going to be harder for him to maybe accept a lesser role than the one that he had at um, the beginning of the season. I just don't think that particular role offensively is going to be waiting for Evan when he gets back. Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com, and the Plain Dealer joining us. Uh, Chris, uh, could this potentially give J.B. Bickerstaff some some personnel advantages or matchup advantages uh, with the way that they're playing without Mobley and Garland, and then once those two come back and be reintegrated, give them another way and possibly depending who, because this is all about this season to me, getting in the playoffs, matching up Mm -hmm. with teams, advancing. Could this actually be a little bit of a blessing because J.B. Bickerstaff is seeing one style of play with this current group. And then you bring these other guys back and I don't know, depending who you play, maybe that, uh, you know, works for you. Or am I just reading way too much into that? No, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I don't think it's just JB that has seen a different style work and be effective and something that you can believe in moving forward. I think the players have seen a different style that can work, be effective, and they can believe in moving forward. Darius Garland has been on the sidelines seeing 
that this style offense going away from a pick and roll heavy attack can work and it can lead to really, really good things for this team. Um, I think Evan Mobley has seen Jared Allen being involved in the offensive end as much as he has been. That can be a pathway to success for this offense. So I think it's important for the players to understand that there are multiple pathways that they have to success on the offensive end. And that's what it's about, guys. Like, it's not just about playing, oh, this is our style. We're going to continue to do it. We're going to be the best at it. No, to me, like, when you get into a seven-game series, so much is about matchups, so much is about opponents, so much is about adjusting game-to-game and in-game. You have to be diverse on the offensive end of the floor. You have to be able to play big. You have to be able to play fast. You have to be able to play slow. You have to be able to have success shooting from the outside and inside. So the more styles that you can play throughout the course of the regular season and you can lean into and learn about and see the success of, that is absolutely going to help you in a seven-game series because not every matchup is going to demand you playing a certain kind of way or the same kind of way. It's going to demand you playing a certain kind of way that one, matches your personnel, and two, exploits the weaknesses of the other team. I I know this will... trouble some of the national media that are trying to will Donovan Mitchell out of Cleveland. Um, And I admit, I haven't been in the locker room this year, was in the locker room last year. The guy looks pretty happy here. Um, Am I misreading something here? I I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to spend the rest of his life with the Cavaliers, but he doesn't look like a guy that's got a foot out the door to me. I've talked to Donovan about this so many different times over the last month, month and a half. And he says the same thing every time this conversation comes up, that I'm happy where I'm at. I believe in the group that we have, and I believe that we can do special things with this group, especially when Darius and Evan come back and we get closer to full strength. So I think from a basketball standpoint, and that's something that matters deeply to Donovan, I think he feels good about the Cavs' chances. I think he feels good about the way that they've played. I think he feels good about the fact that they've rallied around these injuries and they have found a way to continue to climb up the standings. They're the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, despite the fact that they've only had their starting five, their projected starting five, for 11 total games. Despite the fact that some of their most important players have already missed key stretches for them to be four seed in the Eastern Conference, given everything that they've dealt with so far this year, everybody inside this organization deserves a ton of credit. And yes, everybody understands that the judgment for this team is going to come in the playoffs. They've earned that. They deserve that. And based on what happened last year, they already showed that they can be a successful regular season team. They've already shown that they could take that step as an organization going from play in contender to playoff contender and winning 50 games. So it's not about celebrating those things for them in the regular season. But when you see some things that they've been able to overcome and you see some things that are working for them, I think it's fair to point out that they do deserve credit for figuring this thing out the way that they have. Um, And if the Cavs get to the playoffs, and if they have another flameout in the first round, then maybe that changes the conversation internally that the Cavs um, are going to have when it comes to Donovan Mitchell and his future. And maybe that changes 
um, Donovan's perspective about where this organization is going and whether it's the organization to finally help him get past the second round. Um, but right now, like this is a very good basketball situation for Donovan Mitchell, and he does seem very, very happy, and he does seem like he believes in the direction of this organization. Chris, can the Cavs make it a better basketball situation between now and three weeks from yesterday when the trade deadline is? How active do you expect this team to be? I do expect them to be active, but that doesn't mean that I expect them to do something significant and all of a sudden um, drastically change their roster. I, I get the sense, guys, that they're looking at this very similar to the way that they looked at the offseason. You know, so many fans were talking about, oh, what's the big move that the Cavs can make in the offseason? Where's Jared Allen going to get traded to? Do they need to move on from Karis LeVert? And they were talking about, like, some of the top-level players that they had and maybe shuffling that. And the Cavs were looking at it saying, let's improve around the margins. We understand some of the flaws that were exposed in that series against New York. We understand we need more shooting, we need more spacing, we need more toughness, we need more playoff experience, we need more capable ball. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Handlers. And so um, we need to fortify our bench because it was the third worst bench in the NBA last season. And they looked at it as those are the moves that are going to help us take the next step, not the drastic shakeup not the panic button type moves. And I think they're looking at the trade deadline the same kind of way. Look, like if an opportunity presents itself and it's one that this organization can't turn down for somebody like Karis Levert, or if they get blown away for an offer for like Jared Allen that gives them the three and D wing that's an all-star caliber player, they'd be foolish not to consider that, right? But the sense that I get is that they're looking, how do we fortify this rotation like, can we make the seventh, eighth, ninth guy in this rotation a little bit better in a two-for-one type deal? Um, and the two would be, you know, 
some combination of Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, Ty Jerome, Damian Jones, Sam Merrill, like those guys at the back end of the rotation, is there a way to upgrade those particular spots um, by packaging multiple players and maybe sending out draft capital? But again, I just think it's, once again, small moves around the margins to try and um, improve this team and um, bring in different skill sets that, that might be able um, to better help them in a seven-game series. Substance over style, what a concept. Uh, Chris, um, you know, the, the friendship between J.B. Bickerstaff and Kevin Stefanski is, is well known, mm-hmm. um, obviously, with what the Browns went through this year uh, from an injury uh, standpoint. Many a time, uh, you know, you thought it was a season killer uh, type of a, a situation with the injuries. Mobley and Garland getting hurt. It's hard not to th- have those same thoughts. But how much has that friendship that JB has with Kevin helped him navigate what we saw Stefanski navigate this past season? Yeah, I think JB will tell you that he's the kind of guy that is going to reach out to as many smart people as possible to try and get. Um, any kind of advice, you know, going into the playoffs last year, um, because that was pretty foreign territory for JB. He only been um, the head coach of, of a playoff team once in his career. And he was with the Houston Rockets playing against the dynastic golden state warriors. And that ended quickly as well. So because he didn't have that same level of experience, he even said he reached out to Terry Francona and just asked them like, Hey, pressure packed moments. Um, hey, when when things um, get very, very difficult, um, when adversity hits, like, how do you handle those kinds of things? So he is the kind of guy that will reach out to his contacts in the NBA, outside the NBA, and look for advice. Just because as many smart people as you can surround yourself with, as many smart people as you can talk to about certain things that you don't know, um, that's going to help you. And, and I do think that there is some common ground between JB and Kevin just in terms of dealing with adversity, um, trying to rally a team around injuries, um, and trying to get the most out of a roster that, that isn't complete. Um, those kinds of things Kevin Stefanski showed he was able to overcome. He had to play different styles with his quarterback. He had to implement different game plans based on the quarterback that he had at his disposal. So I do think that that is something um, that both guys can talk about and they can learn from each other on. Chris, I'll get you out of here on this one. How many All-Stars are the Cavs going to have this year? I think it's one, but Jarrett is very, very, very close. Um, I was breaking it down. And look, the way that it works is um, fans slash media members slash players are going to vote for the starters. And and we're not even talking about Jared Allen being an all-star starter in the front court. Those spots are already taken. No matter what happens, it's going to be Jason Tatum. It's going to be Giannis. It's going to be Embiid. Everybody knows that. So Jared's path is as a reserve. And that means the coaches are going to be looking at those spots. And I think they probably have a better understanding of the kind of value that he brings to the table, the kind of impact that he has on a possession-to-possession basis, and the way that some of the things that make him so special don't always show up in the box score, and that could help him. But it's like 
there are only three guaranteed front court reserve spots. There could be two more, depending on how those are split up. Um, but the three guaranteed makes it a little difficult, right? Because you're talking about Kristaps Porzingis. Boston is the best team in the NBA, probably going to have two all-stars. So is it Porzingis? Is it Jalen Brown? Paulo Bancaro has been great for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Jimmy Butler is always somebody who is going to get respect of the coaches. Bam out of bio in Miami. So you just start looking at the other players that are competing for those same backup front court spots in the all-star game. And it gets really, really close for Jarrett. Like if they take five front court players, I think he's in. If they only take four front court players, because there's so many really good guards in the Eastern conference that are going to get spots too, then I don't think he's in. Chris, thank you so much for the time. Safe travels on this road trip. You got to guess anytime. There he is, Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. You can read him there. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Fedor. Of course, Chris appears as all guests do on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Well, the NFL playoffs can and will affect what happens next season here in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder, hey, that's you. Confirmed. Sources confirm. It is me. Yeah, you and Andy Baskin covered all during the all. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland podcast, sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. Subscribe to Daryl's podcast today at 923thefan.com or on the Odyssey app. That's not the only podcast we're going to talk about here, because if you would have told me six months ago that Joe Flacco would become a beloved figure in Cleveland, I don't even know what my response would have been because I just would have been so confused. Like, what timeline am I on here? I can just visualize we are in the year 2030, and I am sitting in the press box and wherever the heck the Browns are playing football still at, and I will see Joe Flacco jerseys in front of me next to Bernie Kosar jerseys and Webster Slaughter jerseys. It's not just that people will be wearing Mack them. And Kevin jerseys and Nick Chubb jerseys and Miles Garrett jerseys. Yes, we are living in a dystopian universe. It's that there's a very small list of post-99 guys that have played for the Browns that you can own their jersey and be proud to own it. Like, that list yes, is not that, long. That, that list it's is like very short and Joe not Thomas, so distinguished. Josh Cribbs. Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson, maybe Joe Hayden. Yeah, Joe May, Hayden. Maybe Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden, yeah. And I'm not talking about guys that are currently on the roster. I'm talking about guys that uh, weren't. But, like, Joe Flacco has somehow joined that list. That's what but of the guys. Uh, but of the guys on the current roster, Joel Batonio, totally acceptable. Yes. Uh, there are guys. Miles Garrett Nick will be Chubb acceptable. Will be Nick Chubb. On the current one, yeah. You can get a Wyatt Teller one right now. It would be awesome. Right yeah. Now. There are a lot of guys that currently play for the Browns that you will be able to look back back at 10 years Dustin Hopkins. Yes. And say, I'm proud to own that jersey. Like Jarvis Landry's probably on that list, but it's not a long list. Joe Flacco is there. And Joe Flacco went on the Pardon My Take podcast. I don't know when this was recorded, but said more good things about Cleveland, I think. Right, Owen? That's what we have here? Yes. So I need to hear what Joe said because I think we're just all going to like him more after this. You already said that you wanted to keep playing, that you got the confidence back. And we saw that the arm, the arm's very much still there. You can still play. Um, do you want to come back to Cleveland next year? Ooh. Man, <laughs> man, Cleveland was unbelievable. 
I'm definitely open to be back in Cleveland. At the same point, like I don't want to rush to any decisions either. I mean, you don't, you don't, I didn't know what the market for QBs was going to look like last spring. And I don't know what it's going to look like this spring. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to have options or if I'm going to have zero options, you know, mm. I, I, I'm, I love Cleveland though. I love the building, the people, um, everything about it. I think, you know, it's funny when you go from, when you get to see a few different organizations and then you go to Cleveland and, you know, I don't think people really, you don't think you ever hear too many like, Oh man, Cleveland's an awesome organization and they've done this well and done, done that well. But I can't say enough good things about how that organization is, is being run right now and, 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 and the atmosphere in the building and the way that guys feel like their future's headed. So I think it would be a very special place to be if, if I have the opportunity to go back there. I think that's the truth. I think it's incredibly refreshing to hear a player that, in all likelihood, Daryl, is not going to be back in Cleveland saying those things about how great this organization is being run because for 20 years you just no one would have uttered those words no one would have ever thought to say those things yeah they were they were sending bouquets of flowers and thank you cards that they're no longer Cleveland Browns that but they couldn't wait to get the hell out of here it's refreshing to hear they're that that's bathrooms. how Bart's got hit in the bathroom stall <laughs> that's one of the great best moments stories. in Browns history It's refreshing to hear Flacco well, say all these nice things. And it wasn't just him saying, hey, the organization's great. They're doing great things. He actually said the phrase, I want to be in Cleveland. Yes. And How I don't often think do you it's hear, likely, I want to be in Cleveland. Not as often as I would like to hear that I'd like to be in Cleveland. That's for sure. As a Browns fan. Other than like Rashad Higgins. Is this where he just wants an NFL check right, is what he right. wants. Is this where I say I told you so? Say whatever you want. Because I host been, the show today. I, I, I've been trying to tell people that. The, the, the clown cars have left town. Yes. Once Stefanski and Barry took over, the organization changed in, in, for the better. And, um, and, that, and that's why now I can make fun of 4 and 44 and all the quarterbacks that used to come through here and all the coaches that used to come through here and the level of sheer incompetence that used to occur and the level of childhood backstabbing high school cafeteria nonsense that used to take place out there uh, in that building um that that just it doesn't exist anymore and and it, it it it's nice to see that they finally have grown-ups running the joint and that right there you know with the way this past season transpired and all the challenges, and all the times that that thing sh- that that car should have crashed. Oh, and, off the road, and, and and gone up in flames, and I just the 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 maturity of the organization to overcome everything that they could to bring in a guy whom the rest of the NFL had discarded completely. Joe Flacco's phone was not ringing. Nope. Let, let's be honest about it. Um, and the fact that he was able to come in here and play at the level that he was able to play. And yes, I understand it came to a bitter end in Houston, right? He threw the two pick sixes and, you know, that was the Joe Flacco everyone was expecting. Well, that's who the Browns got every week. They just were, they came at better times, if that makes sense, yeah. during the regular season games. Those yeah. interceptions that they were both generally didn't come touchdown. when you were already down 10 points. Right. They right. came against the Jets when you were, everything was rolling and he threw a pick six, but it didn't matter because they right. were already up by 20. Right. They just came at the worst possible time. Right. And, and, you know, look, the, the offense looked 
it finally felt like I was watching an NFL team when yeah. Joe Flacco was on the field. And we got glimpses of that with Deshaun. We got pieces and parts, but we've yet to get the long stretch of that, right? It just, with Deshaun, it's been just this uphill battle to get the offense running and in the same direction and get everyone on the same page and knock off the rust and things like that. It just, the rhythm has been glimpses. Yeah. There hasn't been much of a rhythm with Deshaun where in, whereas like Joe walked in the door and, and took the field and like immediately shots down the field. They're connecting like, Oh, David Njoku's still on the roster. Well, that's nice to discover. Oh, Amari Cooper still being paid $20 million a year to catch footballs. And he look at there. He's catching the football. All right. It's amazing what happens when you throw the football to him. Like, it just the, you, the explosiveness in the passing game mm-hmm. was just so fun to watch. Even with Joe throwing picks. It was, yeah. it was fun to watch. You were on your toes every time he dropped back. Joe Flacco's an older version of Josh Allen, right? Less mobile. <laughs> well, because, I, because I a big am, part of Josh is I'm that. I'm going to disagree because I think Joe Flacco did a heck of a job in the play action game. I mean, in the play he, action game, yes, but he was not going to take off and run well, for 50. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. But the rollouts and getting outside the pocket and moving and... Man. But so much of what Josh Allen that makes him as dangerous as he is. By is the way, you can see him take off for 55 yards the way he did against Pittsburgh. My, Joe my favorite not Joe Flacco that. play action is when he put the football behind his back. Oh, but that's he, the best he one. Faked the hand yeah. off. He faked He put the ball behind his back as he's running. Oh, but that just, that was just so fun to watch. Like the Browns became fun to watch. Yes. With Joe Flacco at quarterback. 100% correct. Y- y- you know, and. And instead of guys feeling like the season was over when Deshaun got hurt, like I, the Amari Cooper, I remember he was at he was asked about Flacco, and Amari said he's a faith multiplier. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we'll we'll see, Gurley, all right. But then as the weeks went on and the games went on, I was like. Yeah, this guy really is a faith multiple. Yeah. These guys be- these guys believe Joe can take him there. And hopefully next year it's the same thing when Deshaun comes back. Like uh, hopefully like it's a passing of the baton. But when you look at Flacco's future, he he did say he wants to play. He doesn't want to hold a clipboard. He showed he's got something in the tank. Now, I I don't know that he's going to carry a team to the playoffs from start to finish. Showed he can do it though. But he showed he still. I mean, he, maybe not start to finish, right. but 
you know, but Won some big games. Hey, you know, maybe th- there's a team that drafts a quarterback that needs a bridge to carry it for one or two years to teach the youngster how to be a professional, right? Mm-hmm. Joe's your guy. Yeah. He re- he really is. I would love it if the Browns could bring him back. I really would. I don't know how that would would work, the dynamic. But, you know, those that were trying to bring, well, I don't know if Joe and Deshaun really get along. If you if you really paid attention to the Browns' sideline, those two got along. They really did. I do think it makes for a more interesting dynamic when Deshaun's available to play, what that relationship but, looks like. But because it, it's one thing to get along with a guy that's playing awesome when there's nothing you can do. You know because what we learned injured. this year? And not just here in Cleveland, but everywhere around the National Football you League. You need more than one. Your backup quarterback really, really matters. You're right. You're right. You, I agree with that. I just wonder if... And going forward for the Browns, the backup quarterback's going to matter. It is. Like, I want to I dive into what are the chances he's back? What does it have to look like across the league? That's what we'll do next. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Danny Cunningham. Filling in for Ken and Anthony right here on 92.3 The Fan. Danny Cunningham, Daryl Ryder filling in for Ken and Anthony right here on 92.3 The Fan. Mitch, why aren't we doing coming? What's isn't this time for coming in hot? Normally it is. What's going on, guys? We're not. Why? I, what happened? I can't happened? trust people anymore. They Could you called ever? in for weeks? We had to dump out the whole show. Couldn't even do the last segment, and then it sounds like we're swimming underwater when you're listening in your car because they were ramping back up. <laughs> so until the people of Cleveland get get a couple things under control. You know, maybe control the innuendo a little bit. Maybe not call out other media members in town. Coming in hot's on hold for a little bit. We're wow. just going to take a little break. Wow. So so what you're saying is that uh, <clears throat> you're you're having to discipline and lay down well, the Well, it's when I get pulled into meeting after meeting after meeting from the guys, you know, that walk around here in their plaid shirts and their jeans trying to tell me what to do. Looking like they're selling paper towels. Brownie man. Hope you're listening down there. Yeah, I definitely have a no no meeting on Friday policy. That's that the is, dream. That's what I've lived my life by for the last seven years. <laughs> by the way, a uh, quick look outside. Um, yeah, sti- ooh, it's, it's getting it's, worse. It's still snowing. This just in. It's still snowing. So please be careful on the roadways. Uh, I can't see any pavement out, out the window here. Uh, take your time. Let's not be playing bumper cars on the freeway. Make room for the plows. Let those folks do their jobs so they can keep things nice and safe uh, for us. But if you're heading out, be careful. Give yourself extra time. It's messy. It's just in. It's January. It snows here in January. This is not a foreign concept. Okay? So Better to be late and safe than not there at all. Thank you. You're welcome. Now I feel like Dad. Thank you, Dad. 216-474-0092. Don in Cuyahoga Falls. What's up, Don? Guys, first I have to say, great job subbing in today. I'm really enjoying the commentary. Thank you. My, my comment relates to before the break when you were talking about having Flacco back. Mm-hmm. Flacco can be the settling influence we need in the quarterback room. He is a professional, proven winner. Yeah, he had a bad second-half start. I don't care. When he gets on the field, his presence just makes them a more professional team. Deshaun is an incredible athlete. He needs to learn from Flacco how to be an incredible team quarterback because right now too often he depends on his athletic skills instead of working the program and I think that if he can learn that from Flacco he can be superior but right now Joe is the epitome of a team guy and Deshaun is still a me guy 
That's it. Have a great day. Be safe. John, thank you for the call. I don't know if I agree with the me guy thing, but... I mean, I can't comment on that because I'm not in that locker room the way you are. I think that's a better thing for you. I'll say this. I do feel like Joe could... uh, I agree with Don. I I think that Joe could help Deshaun. Yeah, there's value in having Joe Flacco back. Behind the scenes. But again, the thing... The issue here is that Joe has aspirations still. And, and he showed that he still can play. Um, so Yeah, this isn't Chad Henney, right? Yeah, I mean, no. he, I, I just – Joe's going to have to make a decision. Is he willing to hold the clipboard and wait his turn if he's called upon and, you know, be the shoulder for Deshaun to lean on and the council and things like that? Um, I, I, I don't think so. Well, I, what does the quarterback market have to look like elsewhere for Joe Flacco to be back in Cleveland? Because I think well, that is ultimately well, I, I'll the I'll tell you this. I, I will tell you this. He'll be on a roster somewhere next year. I can't imagine him not. Um, and I do feel like a bridge opportunity could be in the offing for him. If, if again, it's it's it all comes down to what Joe wants do to do. Do you think he still wants to do that, though? He did that essentially with, with uh, Drew Locke in Denver. He did it with Wilson in New York. He's seen that, and you saw... It's not a fun job. Right. Because the better, team around you isn't any good. decently paying job. And yeah. it's a better job than, one, being a for-sure backup, yeah. where if you're a bridge guy and you're playing great, they're not going to bench you. Right. It's unlikely they bench you. Or, two, being on the couch. You. It's not just you playing great. Everybody's got to be playing great. Because even fair. if you're playing well and the team is not having success, they will at some point just go... Hey, we got to see what the kids got. The organization matters too, and I don't really have a high opinion of the New York Jets well, organization. Well, yeah, both of those that I mentioned are not great organizations right, right now. Um, and I think that that's a factor too. But I, I'd love if Joe would come back. And again, I feel he would absolutely be a benefit to Deshaun Watson, even though they might be two different style players. Yes, and I. I think that there are some places where it would be in the best interest of that specific organization for him to go in and be the starter, yeah. depending on what shakes out elsewhere this offseason. But I would be very, very surprised if he's not on a roster when training camp rolls around the way that he wasn't this His year. phone's going to ring. He's not going to have to wait till next November to get a phone call. Exactly. Sam in Cleveland, you're next up on the fan. What's up, Sam? So when this topic came up earlier, Carmen was saying he does he didn't know if the fans or media could be able to handle it if they brought Flacco back, which I you know, I, I don't really care about what the fans think about that. But Daryl, I have a question for you. How do you think number four would handle it? Because there are times where we know that he lacks confidence and that prevents him from playing to, uh, uh, to his max ability. And I just wonder, you know, knowing that he would be looking over his shoulder if he makes a mistake, knowing that Flack was on the sidelines, what do you think, do you think four would resist Flacco signing here? No, actually, and thanks for the call, I I don't, um, and here's why. Just look at how those two got along. I mean, the the chest bumping, the fist bumping, all those type of things. Watson was here during all of this. Well, during the... the, the towards the end, run. not yeah. for all of it, but right. towards the end. Towards I just the wonder. End, he really embraced it and the success and all that kind of thing. So I, I don't think that it would be a. Uh, I I don't think that Watson would be a roadblock or or be difficult. I, I just I wonder if Deshaun Watson being healthy has a different attitude about it than Deshaun Watson, who is on injured reserve and can't play. Because when Joe Flacco's playing well, 
Yeah. Deshaun Watson can be there to cheer him on because Deshaun Watson knows no matter what he does, there is nothing he can do to put himself right. on the field next year. The reason the reason I want Flacco back is twofold. One, uh, because of the positive influence that we've been discussing that I feel he would have on Deshaun. And then number two, if God forbid something happens again to Deshaun, whether he's got a muscle pull or something else, mm-hmm. which I'm very concerned about his durability going forward. And and again, I'm not hating on the kid, but it it it's a concern for me. Yeah. It's, it's I am worried. He hasn't played a full schedule in years. It's what, three, four years since he's played a full well, six now it's seventeen. They've even added a game. Twenty twenty was the last time he played sixteen games in a season. So it, 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 I look at Joe Flacco as a pretty good insurance policy. We'll see if it's one they take out. I don't. I don't think Joe Flacco is going. I to hope back. they do. I'm rooting for it. Well, I just think Am he's going to root for that. Hey, what do you, okay. you want? It's your life. I just think he's going to get a better opportunity elsewhere. It's your life. It's well, not fair. my life. Who am, I, who am I to say what you're allowed to do, Daryl? Uh, you know, well, I have a lot of people in my life that like to tell me what to do. I'm not one of them. Okay. Count me out on that. I've got enough responsibility. But great show today. Really enjoyed the opportunity to fill in for Ken and Anthony today. Had a blast. Again, if you're driving out there, stay safe. Take your time. Our thanks go out to Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer for joining the show. For Mitch Spinell, Owen Lodeman, and Daryl Ryder, I'm Danny Cunningham. Stay safe out there, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.